Beer and Honey, the German football pod. Beer and Honey, the German football pod. Today, Schalke get Müller to Munich as Bayern and Dortmund continue to push for the title. It's the end of Oliver Glasner in Frankfurt and maybe the end of Daniel Farke in Gladbach as well. And at the other end of the table, it's like the day after a hot chili eating contest. Things are becoming more and more explosive down at the bottom. All of this and more in this week's edition of the Beer and Honey podcast. Hello, dear listener. I'm Raphael Honigstein. And I'm Christoph Biermann. And welcome to our latest edition of the Beer and Honey football podcast, Match Day 32. Just two to go and things couldn't be more exciting all across this wonderful Bundesliga League of ours. Uh, before we start, though, please let me remind you that we do need your support. Uh, thank you, first of all, for listening. But if you can do even more by supporting us, become a member, become even an ultra. That would really help us keep this little pod going uh, for next season as well. We do appreciate your support. If you can uh, sign up and haven't done so, please consider it. We'd very much appreciate your help. Okay, Christoph, so many goals, so many storylines, so many games to talk about. Where do you want to start this week? In Munich. In Munich, okay. There was a pretty sound 6-0-1 win uh, from Bayern against Schalke. I think we, we talk about the Schalke aspect later on. Um, but... Um, Yeah, Bayern looked good. Bayern looked convincing. Bayern looked fresh. Uh, Bayern looked adventurous. And it was a one of these famous Thomas Müller days that has been talked about uh, a lot in, in, in the last days because there were some uh, rumors about him being dissatisfied with the situation and wanting to leave the club and blah, blah, blah. Um, after the game, he... Um, I would say 100% rejected all, all these rumors and said he has a more than red heart, um, wants to stay at Munich and, and so on, and wasn't as, um, as uh, displeased as uh, some people might think. And he scored the first goal. And maybe, um, I think we talked about it already, the um, learning Fußball Deutsch, Dosenöffner, the can opener. Uh, where when all the maybe it was also a ketchup uh, bottle opener because afterwards the goals came flowing. Um, so, um, but but what do you think? I I said it was con a convincing win. It showed that Bayern seems to find the form they need for the last two games to. Win the title. Um, how convinced are you? I mean, you predicted they would win all the remaining uh, uh, games this season. Are you still sure about that? Yeah, of course. Um, slightly more sure now that they've only got two to go and looked as if they pick up some form against Schalke. I mean, Bayern beating Schalke 6-0 shouldn't really be <laughs> much of a story. Uh, considering that they've beaten them heavily in the last three seasons. I think it's 20 to nil now. But of course, there, there are aspects to this game that are worth talking about. One is the Thomas Müller situation and him starting again. But also other players look good. I thought Sané had a really good game. Serge Gnabry had a good game, not just because of his 
goal scoring exploits. He scored two nice goals, but uh, he's been the player that's made the difference for Bayern in the last three games now with his goals. Thomas Tuchel found a more attacking formation with Jamal Musiala as a second midfielder and everyone else really forwards in front of them. And Goretzka only on the bench after some poor performances. But to briefly talk about the Müller situation, of course, it's a very juicy story. Thomas Müller is not playing. It is kind of a self-fulfilling prophecy to say, oh, things are going to get very nervous and loud in Munich and then you write about it and then things look as if they get very nervous and loud in Munich. And Müller, as you said, rejected that, distanced himself from these reports. Uh, quite convincingly, at least for the moment, he said everything that's important now is about the title race and there is no time to talk about these other things. So I think if his, if his situation were to be the same next season, then we would have a different story but I think because the season is nearly over it'd be very stupid and Müller is a lot of things but certainly not stupid to start having this massive discussion now also I think Müller understands that football is very short-termist you know you have a bad game you're out you have a good game you're suddenly in uh, now um, which I'm a bit disappointed about a lot of people in the club have at Heine came out later and said oh this shows us that Müller is uh, totally uh, undroppable. They always go with uh, <laughs> the flow. It used to be that Uli Hoeneß was always taking the contrarian view often when the public were saying, oh, this player is amazing. Hoeneß would say, eh, you know, they still got a lot to learn and don't, don't go overboard. And the other way around, when people were saying, this guy's playing bad, he would say, don't worry, he's coming back. He's an important player. Now Bayern seem to do everything that everyone else is doing. And I don't think it's it's very smart because Thomas Tuchel, he's not in a mood now to start politics in games. But if the president says Thomas Müller is undroppable, I'm not sure Tuchel is too happy about that. Also, I'm not sure if it's actually factually right, factually correct, because Thomas Müller was the guy who was playing in the game against Mainz, where both Bayern and him were absolutely unbelievably awful. And that was only two weeks ago or three. So to pretend that this return to form is because Müller has come back, it's just, it's just not true. It's, uh, it's, is the narrative, but it actually not backed up by facts. Um, what what Thomas Tuchel has managed to to do is to um, stabilize the defense. So when you look at the expected goals against Bayern, so over the the, the games they are having, um, uh, the number is uh, decreasing. Um, uh, so. I mean, it's 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 not a sensational turnaround, but but it's it's a it's a, a development. Um, what do you think is the reason for this? Well, I think first of all, you have to look at the quality of the opposition. Uh, Bayern didn't have top Bundesliga teams uh, in recent weeks, so that would have played a factor. Thomas Tuchel is very careful not to expose the back. Julian Nagelsmann talked a lot about um, trying to be more resistant when it comes to counterattacks. I think Tuchel 
has become, uh, certainly since Chelsea, I don't want to say a defensive coach, but a very pragmatic coach who almost starts from the back when he starts building his team. And also the players there, they're, they're having, uh, they're having uh, good individual performances. You know, Benjamin Pavard has been one of Bayern's best players. He's playing centre-back at the moment. Matthias de Licht has been the one player perhaps throughout the last few weeks who has performed at a good level. Uh, Masrawi looks okay. Um, doesn't look spectacular, but doesn't make mis mistakes. And on the left, Cancelo, who, remember, um, we heard from Julian Nagelsmann, wasn't really a good defender and all these things, mm. um, has actually also done a really solid job uh, playing on the left. So, uh, plus Joshua Kimmich with a lot of discipline uh, in the holding midfield position. It just kind of adds up. And Bayern shouldn't be conceding. Uh, many chances against uh, this type of opposition and they shouldn't con be conceding many goals. The last five games in the league were against Hoffenheim, Mainz, Bremen, Hertha and Schalke. So, Not yeah. the best opposition, yeah. <laughs> If your XG goes up, let's say, in those you're, you're games, having a problem. You're, you're in trouble. <laughs> so, um, But, but it, it looks good for Bayern at the moment. Um, uh, there is another uh, thing for learning Fußball Deutsch here. Learning Fußball Deutsch with beer and honey. It's a fantastic word, Restprogramm. What is it, Raphael? It's the remaining fixtures. Uh, not to be confused with rest defense, of course, or rest verteidigung, <laughs> which has now become also accepted in, in England. Um, but I thought that you might actually want to say Lieblingsgegner as ah. the uh, learning Fußball Deutsch item, because that's the favorite opponent. The, oppos the opposite of Angstgegner or Bogey team is Lieblingsgegner. That's the favorite opponent. And Schalke very much Bayern's favorite opponent over the last uh, few years, when they're in the Bundesliga, of course, because, as we said earlier, Bayern tend to beat them quite heavily. Another Lieblingsgegner of, of, of Bayern is um, Borussia Dortmund. <laughs> yes. But, but, but they didn't play each other this weekend. But um, uh, Borussia Dortmund also managed to, um, to have a impressive or half-impressive 5-2 win against Borussia Mönchengladbach with a fantastic first half where they were 4-0 up. And then later on, um, when Edin Terzic made some um, uh, substitutions, um, it, it looked for some minutes a bit like the return of the old Borussia Dortmund where they conceded Uh, uh, two goals looked a bit sloppy and and so on, but um, and then in the very last minute um, scored the fifth goal um, of the game. Um, how good were they? I thought they were very very good. Yeah, so, this first <laughs> 60 minutes, um, real flow, real fluidity. Uh, the front five all combining beautifully. Uh, Donny Marlin again, really strong performance. Bellingham, of course, he always plays well. Brandt, really really good. Adeyemi, really, really good. And Sebastian Allaire with uh, two goals, uh, especially the, the first one, uh, back to goal in, uh, with a back heel. They were just, they were great. 
Uh, I mean, Lothar Matthäus working for, for Sky made the point that Gladbach's defending was unbelievably bad and perhaps made Dortmund more look more fluid and uh, more devastating than it otherwise would have been. But you still have to combine as well. You still have to have that movement and that efficiency that they've shown. And I was very, very impressed with Dortmund, especially because you could have expected them to maybe drop their heads a little bit. Having seen Bayern smash Schalke 6-0 the day before, you're thinking, okay, it's going to be difficult in the league, you know, and maybe you lose a few percentage points, but no, they were really up for it. And uh, it was a fantastic performance and experience, I think, in the stadium as well, because um, they were really rocking the Westfalen Stadion. Yeah, Gladbach, Gladbach were the punching ball. Gladbach were the, yeah, <laughs> Gladbach were the, the whipping boys, yes. And uh, <laughs> while we're talking about this, uh, police, producer York has been grimacing in the background, um, reliving the pain from the kind of performance, Christoph, that looked like a team is kind of giving up on itself or maybe giving up on the manager. Did you get that sense as well? Um, maybe it's both. Um, uh, it looks as if... Um, the cycle um, of this team, I mean, we, we don't have to forget um, they have been in the Champions League not so, so long ago. Um, a, a lot of these players that um, played in Dortmund on, on Saturday evening um, have been playing Champions League football for Borussia Mönchengladbach. Not all of them, but... Um, and, and so, um, but there is a... It's a long way down for, uh, for Borussia uh, Mönchengladbach in, in, in the last seasons. And, um, and now with um, uh, uh, Thuram leaving, with Ben Sabaini leaving, uh, Lars Stindl leaving, and let's see who else uh, will be sold or leave the club. Um, we already said it, it's, uh, they have to restart. And I think there are no now doubts about... Uh, Daniel Farke being the right man to to build up a new Borussia uh, because um, uh, uh, there were rumors that he, he will be sacked uh, uh, this week or so. I doubt it because it wouldn't make sense at all. Um, Borussia Mönchengladbach is in the nowhere land of the Bundesliga table and um, you, you, not, you don't need to hurry things. But, but I think there are now severe doubts about um, Daniel Farke, not, 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 probably not as a, a, in his coaching qualities and so on, but, but probably in his concept of football, because he, he, he wants to play possession football. And, and, uh, and Borussia was able to provide some very nice, Borussia Mönchengladbach, very nice performances this season, especially in the first half of the season with this concept. But in a way, it, it, um, uh, it, it looks worn out or outdated now in a, in a way, at least with the qualities of, of these players that they lacking, completely lacking uh, 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 grit, Ag uh, aggression uh, against the ball and so on and and so that makes them or made them the punching ball or whipping boy um, uh, in Dortmund so um, it, it's 
So Borussia Mönchengladbach is really at the crossroads uh, right now. And this summer will be so important. And I also um, have my doubts about sporting director Roland Wirkus. I mean, he, he's, he's been um, at Borussia for many years, but... And, uh, But is he the right man to, 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 to be in the first row, to develop a team, um, to, to, to steer Borussia Mönchengladbach into the right di direction? I don't know. Um, obviously, he lacks charisma, but, but maybe, um, uh, I mean, we don't know how, how he is working behind the scenes. Maybe he is um, impressive there. But um, as I said, I have my doubts about the whole concept uh, at Borussia Mönchengladbach right now. Bleak uh, perspective for Gladbach at the moment. They, there will be nowhere land and you feel that a massive rebuild is coming, perhaps with different personnel. Okay, just to finish our discussion about the title race, uh, let's look at that Restprogramm, uh, Christoph. Bayern have Leipzig at home and Köln away before the end of the season. And for Dortmund... It's a trip to Angstgegner Augsburg and question mark Gegner Mainz at home. Um, Mainz, of course, a team that's been performing not as well in recent weeks under Bo Svensson. They had a 3-0 defeat at Frankfurt this week. Um, just to, to finish this discussion, do you think that Bayern will drop points? Because Dortmund, of course, need at least one slip up from Bayern to to actually win this thing. Yeah, I, I think so, um, because there are actually two chances. Um, uh, um, so um, RB Leipzig, um, they have been winning against uh, Werder Bremen um, 2-1, thanks to a very, very late go goal from Schoboschlei in the 97th minute, 2-1. They're probably the strongest uh, opponent you can get in the Bundesliga Liga right now. But also, so here's a, I mean, we are all producing stories, imaginary stories about what's going on. And so Bruce, um, Bayern goes to Cologne on the last day of the season. And and it's the farewell game for Jonas Hector, um, the uh, more or less one club guy uh, who um, finishes his career, being a, a complete legend in Cologne. So a good chance for him to score a goal uh, against Bayern. And then there is also Stefan Tigges, um, uh, a more or less no-name um, center forward um, who came from Borussia Dortmund uh, uh, this season. He, he, he was a youth player at uh, Borussia Dortmund this season. And funnily enough, um, he scored one of his only uh, five goals uh, this season against Borussia Dortmund when Cologne was winning 3-2. So, so you, know, you know what I, I'm suggesting. So, yeah, um, Raphael is mildly smiling at me as if uh, I would All, bring her. I mean, the stories, the narratives, yes, yes, yes. But don't forget, Christoph, <laughs> the narrative going into last weekend was Schalke. Schalke, the rivals of Dortmund, will do them a massive favor by getting points in Munich. And what happened? 
Yeah, the Schalke hype train de de derailed. Uh, no, very, very quickly. Okay, I mean, the, we will see. We will see. But 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 actually, uh, apart from fabricating storylines, imaginary storylines, um, it's. Um, I think it's. There are two tough uh, opponents. I mean, um, RB Leipzig is is um, probably the second best or third best team in the Bundesliga right now. They are in form. And um, and Cologne is terrible to beat um, uh, because it's um, uh, they reflect the character of their coach who is uh, running up and down the touchline for 90 minutes and and pushing energy into his team and so on and who is for me one of the um, coaches of the season but um, uh, so. Yeah, they had a chance to draw points, but also um, uh, for for Borussia Dortmund, they they have difficult uh, difficulties uh, away, and also Augsburg is a is a uh, similar to Cologne, a tough team to beat, and um, and the nerves play a role, and um, uh, I I think we we um, will will see a fantastic run in. Okay, well, certainly a fantastic game between two contenders for the Champions League went down in Berlin. Uh, Union Berlin beating SC Freiburg, the two surprise teams of the season, although how big the surprise Freiburg still is, is up for debate because they have been punching way above their weight now for, for many years. But Union with that win and with a fantastic performance, really, from beginning to the end, getting very, very close to Champions League qualification. Uh, one more win is probably enough considering their, their decent uh, goal difference um, compared to Freiburg to make the top four. Christoph, how much did you enjoy this game with your Union glasses on? It was, as you said, a fantastic performance and not just result-wise because um, um, maybe it was Probably, it was probably the best performance of Union in the in, in this season. They were three 0 up at halftime, with um, <clears throat> with Geraldo Becker being the man of the match, scoring two, providing two assists. So he was the first uh, um, player this season who was um, uh, connected to four goals, um, um, and uh, impressive. He also. Uh, did the Obama Young uh, putting on a, a Spider-Man mask uh, because he wanted to make his son happy? Um, but but uh, uh, so a great performance uh, of Union against one of their um, I said it last week uh, real sporting rivals because over the last years uh, Union and Freiburg have been competing about the same things uh, uh, pretty often. And, and so it's a heated affair, but, but this time um, Union overrun them. But there were two funny aspects or, 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 or typical Union aspects uh, around this um, game because uh, Union supporters were singing. Um, so all the stadium was singing um, with the uh, melody of sailing, uh, so eine Scheiße, so eine Scheiße, so eine Scheiße Champions League. And, uh, <laughs> um, and, and I will translate this uh, in a second, but there is it was this famous banner 
uh, when um, when Union Berlin was promoted to to the Bundesliga in, in 2019, saying, um, "Shit, uh, we get promoted," and, and that is a kind of if you want pop cultural or football cultural reference to it. Now it's shit. We 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 go to the uh, Champions League, and um, and I think they will do. Um, uh, if you look at their rest program, they have to play away at Hoffenheim next weekend, and then on the last day of the season, they um, they will have Werder Bremen at the Alte Försterei, and I think um, either there or here or there they will uh, pick up the uh, remaining uh, three points, and um, yeah, and that. That would make uh, Union the sensation of the um, of the season, and Urs, uh, Urs Fischer the coach of the year, and, and so on. And last thing I wanted to to say about this is, um, uh, <coughs> I'm, I met Christopher Trimmel, Union um, Union's uh, uh, team captain uh, uh, captain uh, this week, and. And he was pretty frustrated um, because uh, he was on the bench uh, the last weeks, and and they were like discussions going on because he had two two hundred ninety nine uh, games. Um, ah, will he get the three hundredth game? What is his future? A bit similar uh, in in small scale to to the uh, Thomas Müller discussion. And obviously, when you talk to this uh, uh, this players. They are frustrated and they have to because they want to play and, and so on. And um, he started um, on on uh, Saturday against um, uh, Freiburg. Um, he, he got this something from a club, flowers and a picture and, and so on. But it was actually moving how um, after the final whistle, the whole stadium was, was singing for him for minutes non-stop because um uh yeah he is a with 300 games for union with having gone all the way from the second division to the champions league or almost champions league um uh he is a he he is, he is now a, a, a legend and i think this week he is a very happy man well absolutely and uh, before we move on quick shout out to vincenzo grifo vincenzo grifo uh who had the slowest Panenka ever. <laughs> oh yes, uh, which which did find the net, but it it went into went in, in slow motion. He underhit it so much the goalkeeper nearly got up and <laughs> and caught it, <laughs> but uh, it, it went in. Anyway, we should probably move on and quickly mention that Wolfsburg are just behind the teams we mentioned so far, so they're in sixth uh, with a chance for the Europa Conference League. After that 2-1 win against TSG Hoffenheim, I think Nuka Kovac has to be said as doing a decent job at uh, Wolfsburg. But it's behind uh, those teams where things get really interesting because, uh, first of all, we have big news coming out of Frankfurt. Oliver Glasner will leave the club at the end of the season. We knew that there was a very difficult relationship between him and Markus Krösche, the sporting director. And after last week's uh, 3-1 defeat at Hoffenheim, the club and Glasner decided to part ways in a mutual fashion after the German FA Cup final. And they haven't pulled the plug immediately. It seemed to have a positive effect 
because they beat their neighbors Mainz 3-0 and looked very good. But of course, it does put the Frankfurt project not into question, but a little bit of uncertainty, perhaps, how things will continue because Glasner, for all his faults, and he was perhaps not so easy to get along with, despite his kind of cuddly image, he has done amazingly successful things, winning the Europa League, getting through the group stage in the Champions League with Frankfurt, now taking them to the German FA Cup final, the DFB Pokal final again. So it won't be easy finding somebody who will be as effective, I think. Yeah, they have um, some candidates. Um, uh, obviously, the top candidate is is Dino Topmüller. Um, some of the older listeners uh, may know his father, Klaus Topmüller, um, a very successful coach also at Frankfurt and uh, famously um, uh, leading Bayer Leverkusen to the Champions League final in 2002 where they lost against um, Real Madrid. And um, another candidate, Matthias Jaisle, um, who, who comes from the Red Bull world and... Um, so, but let's see. But 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 I'd, I'd like to say um, it, it's strange um, in a way how this um, uh, relationship between Glasner and and Eintracht Frankfurt developed, and it's um, it's not not a good sign f uh, for for him, but also not not good for Markus Krösche um, that they um, uh, departing here. Because um, uh, we, we we don't know the the the, the reasons and um, uh, Peter Fischer, the um, uh, Eintracht Frankfurt president, was on, on um, at ZDF Sport Studio on on Saturday and he was talking about it and he was saying as a president of the club he. Um, instantly would have vetoed the uh, decision, but then later on they were sitting down and talking more in detail about um, uh, how how Glasner was working with the team and so on, and that um, convinced him uh, to agree to it. He, he, he didn't have to formally agree to it, but also emotionally uh, agree to it. And so, but there remains a, a, a bit of a mystery um, a, a around this. And, um, but but maybe uh, uh, there will be a happy end uh, with the German Cup final. Um, uh, as you said, uh, Frankfurt, uh, they are playing RB Leipzig and, and have a chance to, um, yeah, for a happy end of this season. Yeah, Dino Topmüller, of course, um, the assistant coach of Julian Nagelsmann at Bayern, still on the Bayern payroll. And Bayern have said they will not let him go without compensation. So that might <laughs> complicate things a little bit when it comes to appointing him. It would be an interesting move. And yeah, a bit of a shame because Glasner was definitely successful and made Frankfurt a little bit special. It won't be so easy, I think, to find somebody who is that good with the caliber of players that they have. Also, Colomuani possibly leaving, of course, big interest from, from Bayern and others in him. Um, Leverkusen, their sandwich between Wolfsburg and uh, Frankfurt, still with a chance of making the Europa Conference League, but of course, much bigger fish to fry uh, in 
the case of their uh, Europa League campaign. They have the second semi-final coming up on Thursday. We'll be reviewing that second semi-final for our members on Friday morning. But in the meantime, they played out a 1-1 draw at Stuttgart, which from Leverkusen's perspective had very much a feel of we have to somehow play this game, but we don't really want to uh, vibe to it with uh, Xabi Alonso rotating uh, a few players. But you could see that their heart wasn't quite in it. And Stuttgart, with their backs to the ball, fighting for survival, uh, got the point that they, they probably deserved. Um, whether that point is enough or not, we'll discuss in a second. But for Leverkusen, this is all just really preparation going into uh, the second leg. What is your feeling, Christoph, about about their chances? Um, I'm not too optimistic, uh, actually, um, because their recent form has has decreased a bit compared to when we were saying, "Hey, they are the most entertaining team in in, in the Bundesliga." Um, uh, um, they were they they looked a bit tired in in Stuttgart. And um, you, you, you said um, um, Xabi Alonso was resting some players, uh, Florian Wirtz, for example, and, and uh, Moussa Diaby. They came later on, and, and when they were on, uh, um, Leverkusen looked better. But um, but all, uh, and they could have won it. They had some some opportunities, and um, it looked as if if some weeks ago. Um, they would have uh, decided the, the match for, for, for themselves because uh, they were fresher and more agile. And um, yeah, I mean, um, seasons are like this. They come in waves, form uh, goes up and down uh, a bit. And, um, and probably before this very important, uh, one of the highlight games in in uh, recent years for for Borussia, uh, for Bayer Leverkusen, it's um, they are not in the top form. But um, but let's see. I mean, uh, we've seen so many spectacular turnarounds um, um, that we can still hope uh, they manage to do one. Let's see, and uh, I'm I'm really excited to be going to. Leverkusen and I will be your Leverkusen correspondent once more uh, phoning in with a <laughs> observation and maybe celebration on on Friday morning so watch out for that if you're a member if not it's a good opportunity to become a member then you can access this and other exclusive pods and if you're an ultra even our famous beer and honey coffee mug but on with the show. Um, let's very briefly skip over the few teams who are already safe and have very little to play for. Uh, one of them is Bremen. They lost, as Christoph said, in the very last minute away to Leipzig. Leipzig with that win very much uh, cementing their position as the third best team, although they could still be pipped uh, theoretically by Union and Freiburg. Uh, Bremen still in 12th place and for Augsburg who've been fighting relegation um, a huge huge opportunity to be safe effectively when they travel to VfL Bochum 
But in another very exciting game with five goals, Bochum won, Christoph. Did you enjoy that one? <laughs> no doubt about that. I mean, I was also suffering, but um, uh, Bochum had a fantastic start when they scored in the second minute with a uh, fantastic uh, shot from Christopher Antuiace and um, and they they got the the equalizer um, in, in the um, uh, already in the first half and then <laughs> had to. To, to strange goals for them. Uh, one was uh, again by Christopher Antwiadze, um also coming from a, a very um, impossible angle. Um, but as uh, this one was deflected by Chauvelo, I always uh, suffer to 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 pronounce uh, his name right. Chauvelo, the um, uh, F, uh, Augsburg uh, captain, the um, the Dutch, and um, and the third one for Bochum was another deflected shot uh, by um, uh, team captain Anthony Anthony Lucia. Um, it was deflected by Elvis Rexbejay, who pl played for Bochum last season. And uh, this goal made um, uh, Lozia the oldest goal scorer in the Bundesliga this season. He's over 37 years old now. But it wasn't a, um, uh, uh, an easy afternoon after this because uh, some minutes from time, um, uh, Augsburg sc scored a second and, and then you, you saw a lot of hectic and panic and, and, and so on. Um, Bochum um, are actually in a pretty good um, situation right now uh, with the other results. I mean, um, Hertha um, is um, probably uh, gone with their after their two-five defeat, uh, defeat at um, Cologne. They have. Uh, 25 games. Stuttgart has 20, 20, uh, 25 points. Stuttgart has 29. Because interestingly, I, I think they they are much better than uh, Bochum and and um, and Schalke. Uh, but they, they 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 don't get their points together. Uh, they need Schalke now has 30. Uh, they playing next week against Eintracht Frankfurt, and on the last day of the season, they have to go to Leipzig. Um, Bochum has uh, 31, and they have a, a huge chance to avoid relegation because next weekend they playing at Hertha, and uh, I think that a big game, and I, I think a lot of uh, Bochum supporters will, will will go there and try to make it into. Uh, a home game. Including uh, you? Including me. And interestingly, also Hoffenheim has only 32 points, so one point more uh, than Bochum. And Hoffenheim has to play against Union, as we already said, next week. And then, brrrp, big drum roll, um, they have to go to Stuttgart. And so probably um, uh, Stuttgart next week has to play in Mainz, so um, probably uh, this um, Stuttgart against um, Hoffenheim game will be a kind of decider who stays in the Bundesliga. But um, yeah, so so it's a, 
it's uh, uh, pretty exciting uh, what's going on in the basement of the of the uh, table and um, and after I've been depressed last week about the prospects of uh, uh, Bochum, I'm a bit more optimistic. But um, uh, this team has so so many limitations <laughs> that they are also able to to lose at Berlin and uh, probably need. Uh, but but they are also able to win uh, on the last day of the season against Bayer Leverkusen. So it's a it's a it's a strange team. But but that's true for all the teams down there, because I mean apart from from being from Hertha who who now look desperate. And lost, and and they've been harshly criticised by uh, Paul Dada about their mentality, of their lack of team spirit, and so on. I mean, all the other teams are um, uh, they have some good and some bad sides. They show some qualities. They lock, lacking uh, obvious qualities, and and so. But but that makes uh, this um, uh, race as exciting as the one for the German title. All right. And we will, of course, give you our breakdown of both the title race and the fight against relegation play-by-play next Monday again. Please do tune in. It's been the most exciting Bundesliga season at both ends for many, many years. And we can't wait to share with you what's happening. Uh, Also, don't forget, you can ask us questions via social media if you want uh, us to answer Uh, anything in particular, then please reach out to us. In the meantime, uh, all that's left for me to say is thank you so much for listening. I was Raphael Honigstein. I was Christoph Biermann and we say bye-bye. Bye-bye. Good. Good, good, good. Beer and Honey, the German football podcast.